I think a lot of times we think about therapy as something only to do in a crisis when the reality is that you could be talking with a therapist at the beginning signs that you feel a little anxious. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, we sit down with licensed psychologist, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. She is here to share with us the truth about therapy. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to Redefining Wealth. This episode is going to be fantastic. It is so perfect as a follow-up to what we talked about last week with Zakia Blackman, which was success doesn't make you exempt. And what we mean by that is it doesn't make you exempt from mental illness, and it doesn't make you exempt from having to put your mental health first, like making it a priority. So if you are new here, you are probably thinking, what the heck does that have to do with money? Here's what you need to know about us. This community of purpose chasers and OG listeners believes that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. In this community, we believe that wealth is truly about well-being. And so we start by making sure that we are physically and mentally well. And so this episode is perfect timing because this conversation around therapy is so needed, right? I actually just came off of an influencer event. I was invited by who I call Uncle Dave, Dave Ramsey, who was like the godfather of personal finance transformation in this country, right? He's been at it for over 30 years. He invited some influencers in this space to come out to his headquarters in Franklin, Tennessee this past weekend. And oh my gosh, it was absolutely incredible. It was incredible. And I got to meet my peers from different walks of life from all over the country. Also got to hear from Dave Ramsey himself, not once, not twice, like three times, and Chris Hogan and other members of his team. And it was absolutely phenomenal. But when I got my chance to stand up on stage, I could have told my origin story, right? Which in this space, it's known as how you, you know, got the bug or what was your come to Jesus moment, if you will, when you figured out what your purpose was and how you would move forth in the world. And I had an opportunity, I was one of eight, to share on stage in front of all my peers. And the story that I chose was actually about me going to therapy. It actually was about me going to therapy because I am very clear that I can have all the degrees and all take all the courses and have all the marketing tactics and all that great stuff. But here's the truth. The confidence that I have built in order to truly pursue my purpose came from going to sit on someone's couch and talk about my childhood trauma. And what we don't realize is that oftentimes a lot of the trauma that we've experienced in childhood was really a distraction that was meant to take us off the path of destiny before we were even aware of the larger assignment on our lives. And so you may be thinking, well, why would we talk about therapy? That's why. Because you may have to get clear about some things. And I want you to know how to choose a therapist, how to make sure that you are actually getting the full benefit of therapy when you know it's time to end. 
uh, a relationship with your therapist, all that great stuff is what we're talking about with Dr. Joy today. Now, before I jump in to today's episode, I have to tell you that this one was brought to you by me. (laughs) Actually, it's brought to you by Purpose to Platform. We are now enrolling. So if you're starting to think about what's next for you when you leave your possibly high paying, but maybe unfulfilling job and have no clue of where to start to build a strong foundation, My business accelerator and mentorship program, Purpose to Platform, may be just what you need. This 20-week online adventure will get you clear on how to package your purpose, communicate your promise to your ideal audience, choose the best platform for your personality and lifestyle, and create a premium offer. You'll have accountability and support in a dynamic community so you can finally make progress and be ready before you even need to pull that trigger on what may no longer be serving you. So book a breakthrough call today at Purpose2Platform.com. That's Purpose, the number two, platform.com. And let's see if we're a fit. Seats are limited and I'd love to serve you. Now, before we continue on with the episode, I have to introduce you to Dr. Joy formally. Dr. Joy Harden Bradford is a licensed psychologist and the host of the wildly popular mental health podcast, Therapy for Black Girls. Her work focuses on making mental health topics more relevant and accessible for Black women, and she specializes in creating spaces for Black women to have fuller and healthier relationships with themselves and others. She has been featured in O, the Oprah Magazine, Forbes, Bustle, Black Enterprise, Refinery29, Teen Vogue, and Essence. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, shawty. With her husband and two sons. (laughs) And without further ado, here is my conversation with the incomparable Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Dr. Joy. Thank you so much for having me, Patrice. Man, I, have, now I already kind of gave you a little hint of this, but you were my one fangirl moment of podcast movement. I was <laughs> like, you know, I've met a lot of people and I've done a lot of things and I don't really freak out. You know, like that's not really my thing. I know how to play it cool, but apparently I didn't look at the directory or whatever may have said who the attendees were going to be. So when I turned around and I saw you, I was like... Is that Dr. Joy? Is that Dr. Joy? <laughs> Indeed, it was a very sweet moment. <laughs> it was definitely a moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I probably, she was like, who is this girl? What is wrong with her? <laughs> no, but I just enjoy your work so much. And I Thank have been you. listening to the podcast probably since the time I started planning my podcast. Because mm-hmm. you know, you start to do research, which I launched my podcast very quickly. But uh-huh. you start to do research around who's out there and just how do people do what they do? You were one of the people who came up on this short list of folks that I just started studying. And so to a year later, or a little less than a year later, have the opportunity to meet you in person. And I so wish uh, we could have spent more time together, but to meet you in person and then now to have you on the podcast, it does mean a lot. So I appreciate you saying yes. Oh, thank you, Patrice. Yeah. Um, And, you know, redefining wealth, this is a Some people would say technically a personal finance show. I think we are like way beyond that at this point. But the entire show is based on these six pillars of wealth, what I believe it takes to truly be wealthy. And the first pillar for us is called fit. 
And typically people will assume that I'm talking about just being physically fit, but it's really about being mentally fit. Because I really believe that in order for you to experience uh, the wealth that God truly has for you, it is going to take some strong, good mental health in order to navigate life. Because just because you're passionate about what you do or you're a good person and all these things, it doesn't mean that life is not going to happen. Things are going to happen. Challenges will still arise. And you need to know how to just deal with the stress of life. Um, And for many of us, I've learned in my own life, I don't think I would be where I am had I not gotten help for the childhood trauma that I experienced. Because when I think about the things that I went through as a kid, if I was still living in that or still holding on to or harboring a lot of the things that came with that, Dr. Joy, I don't think I could be who I am today. And I think that sometimes when we are in pursuit of wealth, we think if I get another degree, another certification, or if I just keep grinding and grinding and grinding and I sweep all of that under the rug, I'll be fine. But I've found in my own life that it always will find a way to seep back out <laughs> and, and to kind of come back and haunt you if you're just not, you know, if you're just not ready to deal with it. And so that's why it means so much for me to have you here sharing with our community. So For the purposes of our conversation, I really wanted to start with just you kind of defining for us what mental health actually is, good mental health. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like to kind of give the comparison that it is much like our physical health, like we all have it, right? We all have bodies that we have to take care of and exercise and get checkups and do blood work and all of those things that we do to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves physically. But mental health, I think, often gets forgotten. Like people don't realize that like mental health is also something that you have to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of encompasses everything about like our emotions um, and how we experience things, how we show up in relationships, you know, just all of the stuff that feels a little bit intangible, but is very kind of present and important in our lives can be kind of covered under mental health. And so when you're looking at therapy or going to therapy, I can say, I can say this in all honesty, I was raised to believe that first of all, you keep people out your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So going to therapy and possibly talking about, you know, something that's going on in your life and heaven forbid you actually start to share about your family and um, all all of the things they may have, you know, kind of done to you or exposed to you or whatever, like you don't do that. And then therapy was also for quote unquote crazy people. Uh Um, And so, but there's a distinct difference between, I would say at this stage in my life, going for preserving my mental health versus treating mental illness, right? Like, can you talk about that, like that dynamic, especially in communities of color? Like, why do we see it as telling people our business or it's only for those people as opposed to seeing it as something that's just a natural part of preserving your mental health? Yeah. So I think, you know, historically that has kind of been a part of our culture, you know, just the idea that you couldn't share certain information. And I think some of it was survival, right? Like you couldn't necessarily be public about certain things because what would that do in the community? And would you have certain kinds of opportunities? You know, like I think historically that that was a really big deal. So I think when you think about things like this, like they typically start from a place that made sense then, but don't really make sense or work for us or not really help for us now. 
And so, you know, the idea that going to a therapist is kind of like telling your family's dirty secrets, I think a lot of people do still struggle with it just because of how they have been raised. And, you know, the idea that mental health is for our therapy is for some other people and not for us. In terms of the conversation around like mental illness versus, you know, like mental health and like going to therapy for other reasons. I think when we're talking about mental illness, we are talking about kind of diagnosed psychiatric conditions. So things like a major depressive disorder or an anxiety disorder or a bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, like those kinds of things where there is a specific set of symptoms that is causing an impact in your life in certain kinds of ways is what might be classified as a mental illness, as opposed to um, people who are maybe going to therapy for kind of general kinds of things. So like I'm feeling a little anxious about my new job, but not necessarily to the point where I would like get diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder or I'm wanting to be better in my friendships or I want to be more assertive. Like those kinds of things are also perfectly good reasons for therapy, but you would not necessarily be diagnosed with a mental health or mental illness because of those things. So if it hasn't like for your example, right, like if I'm feeling a bit anxious because I'm starting a new job, a new career, maybe I'm even feeling a bit of imposter syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. Like I got the job, Dr. Joy, but these people going to find out I'm not supposed to be here, <laughs> right? Like right. If you're dealing with some of these different things. How do you know when it's beneficial to actually go talk to a professional versus you know, just I'm gonna just pray about it versus talking to, you know, just venting to girlfriends on a normal mm -hmm. basis. Like, how do you know when it's time to actually go and get support? Yeah. So I think there's nothing wrong with doing all three of those things. Mm -hmm. Right. I think a lot of times we think about therapy as something only to do in a crisis when yeah. the reality is that you could be talking with a therapist at the beginning um, kind of signs that you feel a little anxious. I mean, you know, and some anxiety is normal for all of us. Right. Like when we're doing new things and stretching in new ways, like anxiety kind of gives us an indication that something's happening. So anxiety is not always a bad thing. But if you feel like it's getting to a level where it is kind of Comparing your ability to really like be present at the job or you you're just kind of worried about like the fact that you feel so anxious. That's a perfectly good time to talk with a therapist. But that doesn't mean that you can't also talk to your girlfriends and pray about it. Like you can do all of those things. So I, I do want people to not kind of buy into this idea that therapy only is for a crisis, because a lot of times if you talk with a therapist kind of in those early stages, you can prevent something from actually escalating to a crisis situation. I know for me, therapy has definitely kept me from hurting folks. <laughs> and do I'm serious. Like I have been through things where, and you know, what never fails. I don't know if you hear this from all your clients, you know, or a fraction of your clients, but it never fails like that the week of my therapy appointment or the day of, it's like something will pop off. Uh -huh. And the blessing is always like, see, you know what? You lucky I was having therapy anyway. <laughs> You're lucky. So it has definitely like kept me from making what could be a bad situation worse mm -hmm. because I was already preparing to, you know, have this specific time to kind of go to my sounding board, if you mm -hmm. will, and and kind of work through it. So I don't always feel this immediate need to react. Yeah. And I do think that that is one of the beauties of therapy is that it does give you a very specific time and place to focus on those things. Right. You know, because as busy people, you know, we often like if it does, if it's not on your calendar, it doesn't happen. Right. right. And so we don't often put 
like time in our schedule to like reflect or, you know, to do whatever that would kind of make us more centered. But when we know that we have this time marked off to go to therapy, it does definitely make you get into a different kind of framework. Um, And so I think that is one of the beauties of it is that you carve out this time and are very intentional about using this time to take care of yourself emotionally. Do you feel like we do ourselves a disservice though, by only relying on prayer or by only relying on the unprofessional (laughs) advice sometimes of of folks who just, they're not, they're just not equipped to be able to help us the way we may need help. Do you feel like by not making therapy a part of your lifestyle, you are actually doing yourself a disservice? I mean, I think that you could be, especially if, you know, like you've already kind of alluded to, you know, some like it sounds like pretty traumatic things in your childhood and those kinds of things. That's the kind of thing that is not necessarily going to kind of resolve itself by just talking to your girlfriends, like things like traumas and, you know, really significant kinds of things. Typically, you do need to work with the professionals to kind of help you to work through some of that, help you to manage any symptoms that you're having related to it. Like that's the kind of thing that a trained professional can help you with. But But, you know, if you're just feeling a little bit worried about a job and, you know, you talk to your girlfriend and maybe you do like some mock interviews or something and that helps you to feel less anxious, then you might not necessarily need to talk with a therapist. But I'm saying that it doesn't hurt. Right. It doesn't hurt, but it definitely could hurt you if you do actually need to be talking to a therapist to kind of work through some stuff and you don't. One of the things I found really helpful at different points in my life, um, like I had a son prematurely before my daughter was born and he passed away after five hours. And I ended up doing like a group grief Uh counseling. Uh And so I found for myself that if I didn't feel it wasn't about finances, but I just didn't feel like I I was ready to just talk to someone one-on-one. I thought I, I really felt like I needed the support of other people who I could look at across the room and know that they kind of understood exactly where I was. What do you think about group therapy or these type of group coaching situations? Um, Do you think they can create the same impact as like one-on-one therapy? Yeah, so I'm not sure. I mean, because a lot of things can be called group coaching. So I don't necessarily like, you have to be specific, I think, in what you're looking for and who is providing those services because they're definitely like support groups for something like that where you support know you are group. getting that's what exactly. it's called. okay got you yeah. yeah so like when you're getting together with other people who have that same kind of experience that can be incredibly powerful and group therapy is actually one of my favorite therapy modalities because I think that there is something very powerful that happens in the community of others that just can't happen one-on-one and so I think actually for a lot of concerns group therapy is actually like the the modality of choice because like I said you know like if if you have something like social anxiety, right? We can definitely do some things one-on-one in the office and like we can, you can go out and practice and come back and tell me how it went and, you know, we can work from there. But if you're in a group with like six other people, it's definitely going to be at some point that their social anxiety is going to pop up and we can work through it in the moment. You mm-hmm. know, so I, I think that there are some things that groups are actually preferable for. Yeah, I definitely, I, I really credit my support group it was mm-hmm. like grief support group and and everyone in the space had lost a child to or under. Uh-huh. And it was such a blessing at that yeah. time because, you know, when you're going through different things, Dr. Joy, it's easy to, to kind of 
get into this space where you feel like you're the only one, uh-huh. especially if there's not people in your immediate community who have gone through anything like it or been vocal about going through something like it. Like just knowing that you're not the first, you're not the last, you're not alone. That alone was helpful for me. Yeah, absolutely. And that again is, I think the, the power of something like a group, which makes like in the, um, the internet so amazing now, right? Cause it sounds like yours was in person, but there are plenty of like virtual kinds of support groups like that, where you can talk with people who have had um, the similar experiences as you, and it does make you feel less alone. Yeah. So one of the questions that I see a lot in my community uh, is around how to find the right therapist. And I know for me, you know, I've been through different challenges in my marriage, for example, and I found a therapist who was referred to me, went in the first few sessions, I felt fine, but then I felt really judged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I felt Mm -hmm. like she was getting really judgy. And then I started to go, but is it me? Now I'm like trying to therapize myself before (laughs) going to therapy, right? I'm like, but is it me? Is it because... You know, I feel some kind of way. And I love how sometimes you'll talk about different shows on your Mm -hmm. podcast and Uh kind of dissect those characters. And I remember one I listened to was about Molly from Insecure and how Molly had essentially been lying to her therapist. And you know what? I didn't have a full on Molly moment, but I Uh remember one time uh, with a therapist I had years ago where I brought something up that I had clearly been talking to my mama and my friends about. Uh And then... My therapist was like, well, what, well, wait, what is that about? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so how do we get into this whole kind of lying to our therapist? Is it for me? I know I felt judged. So I wasn't Uh telling her no extra stuff and no new stuff. Uh I realized, okay, I need to shift. But how do we find the right therapist? I guess there's a million questions I asked in one. (laughs) Right. How do we find the right therapist? And how do we know when it's time to move on? Like if a therapist is just not the right fit for us. Hmm. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're thinking about finding a therapist, the most important thing is that it feels like it's somebody you're going to be comfortable dis- discussing these kinds of things with. Probably some things that you may not have told girlfriends and mom, right? So some things that you that have not even seen the light of day, you're going to have to trust this person with that kind of information. And you may not go in sharing that, you know, even in the first couple of sessions, but it needs to be someone that eventually you could see that you could build up to maybe sharing this information with. You also want to make sure that you find somebody who has specific expertise in working with the condition or concern that you're coming in with. So if you're somebody who's maybe struggling with like some eating disorder kinds of concerns or anxiety concerns or, you know, issues related to like having a child that's passed or, you know, significant kinds of grief things. Like most therapists, we are kind of trained to handle kind of like a a generic kind of version of most things. But, you know, I think you also want to look at somebody who's done like some additional training and things like eating disorders or whatever, so that you know that they have the best chance of being able to help you with whatever you're coming in with. Why do you think people stay? I'm sure you've heard from, you know, clients in the past who stayed in some therapy relationships longer than they should have. Do you Uh like, why do you think that happens? Well, I think it's the same reason why um, sometimes like we stay in relationships longer than we know, than we need to. And even though we know it, right, there are lots of different dynamics that go on. I mean, because at its core, a therapeutic relationship is just like a relationship 
in any other area of your life, except that you are not like hanging out with them after you leave the session, right? <laughs> um, you know, but you know, the power of it is that it can be a healing relationship in ways that maybe your other relationships have not been. And so I think a lot of times what happens is that clients don't want to disappoint their therapist or they feel like the therapist is going to be upset or their feelings are going to be hurt because they end the relationship. When truthfully, you know, a part of our training has been like how to terminate and how to know like if a client is not the best fit for you and how to have those conversations. So for anybody who's like worried about that, I would encourage you, like if you're feeling like, yeah, I just don't think this person is the right person for me to go ahead and have that conversation with your therapist because they will be able to handle it. You know, it's not going to be like they're going to storm out of the room and say, I can't believe you're breaking up with me (laughs) kind of thing, right? Which I think is what people imagine is that there, you know, is going to be some kind of strong reaction. And a lot of that comes from our own histories, right? Like a part of what informs like our thinking about what could happen if you end this relationship with your therapist may be related to what has happened when you've ended other relationships. You know, so Mm. all of it is material. All of it is, it comes from a certain kind of place. And so, but kind of just getting back to the point, if you're feeling like a therapist is just not the best fit for you and like you're saying you didn't feel comfortable telling that person stuff because you kind of felt judged and we don't know, right, whether that was coming from you or whether it was actually from the therapist. Right. but, but if forever, for whatever reason, it's just not moving forward, then it's okay to end that relationship. Yeah, I, I back to me therapizing myself. That's what I would say. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> I would say that in the parking lot, like, okay, is this you? Mm-hmm. And did you ever talk with her about it? Or did you just end it? I didn't. And you know okay. why I didn't talk to her about it? Uh-huh. I ended up talking to one of my mentors at the time who also was trying to be my therapist. He was he was an unofficial therapist, but, uh-huh. uh, you know, father figure type of thing. And around the same time, he was also like, you know, you can't trust these therapists. They just want to keep you in there forever. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't at a point in my life yet where I really I had gone through therapy for different things at different points and had been through support groups and that type of thing. But at this particular time, he was so, he was such a main character in Uh this whole situation that, you know, I was like, is he right? There was, you know, it's like, and you're already going through so much. And I think Mm -hmm. I was also emotionally and mentally fatigued with the entire situation. So he was like, saying, you know, they just want to keep you in therapy forever, which is actually leading up to my next. And I, and I know, I, you know, once I got out of that fog, I was like, he, fuck it off. You know, like I knew <laughs> that that was his old school thinking because he's much older. Right? Uh-huh. But that leads me to the next thing, you know, is therapy something that you do forever or do people just need to kind of do it in seasons based on where they are in life? It really kind of depends. I mean, and a lot of that will be driven by your therapeutic goals. Um, so let's say, for example, you come in um, and you're somebody who's struggling with like having very frequent panic attacks and you work with your therapist for like six weeks and you see a significant reduction in your symptoms and you're feeling like, OK, I can kind of do this thing. I don't feel like I need to do this anymore. Then you terminate. But you could also realize like, OK, I'm done kind of managing the panic attacks. But now let's talk about like this relationship I had with my mom, you know, so. 
so sometimes people come in wanting to manage like very particular symptoms and then they realize that they enjoy having the space of being able to kind of talk about themselves and get, you know, honest feedback or about whatever's going on and they continue. So it really kind of depends. You know, some people will go in for very short term kinds of things and then some people will stay with their therapist for years. It really, you know, is all kind of driven by you. Right. You have the power to choose Uh what is best for you. And a lot of times people will, you know, go for some time and then they are okay, and then something else will happen and they'll kind of start up with their therapist again. You know, it really kind of depends on the individual. My pattern has been whenever I feel like I'm in the midst of a crisis, I ramp it up so that I have that reoccurring just very, again, a very structured time to work through this so that it doesn't monopolize my whole week. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, okay, I'm gonna save you for Wednesday. Like <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. on Wednesday at two, right? Yeah. And then when I'm feeling more confident in that area, or like I've worked through and I've processed a lot of those things, then I typically will drop down to like monthly uh-huh. because I still just want that maintenance and that check-in. Uh-huh. I, I want a touch point, but I don't feel like I need it every week. Right, right. Yeah, so that's kind of been my rhythm uh, over the last few years. And again, it's, it's kept me from hurting people, Dr. Joy. <laughs> I'm, say again. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy <laughs> to hear it's working. Yes. So I also wanted to address one more thing. You have a very specific uh, emphasis, obviously, on... Black girls and women. And I just wanted to know why in particular Black women for you? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm a Black woman. And, you know, throughout much of my training, it has always been very obvious to me that Black women were not kind of utilizing the services. Like a lot of my experience has been working on college campuses. And so it was always just glaringly obvious that Black women were not using the services in the same ways that everybody else on campus was using it. And so to me, that meant like, oh, what's going on here? That means that something has to be happening. I mean, of course, much of it is related to what we've already talked about, that you don't tell people your business and that kind of thing. And so it has always been really important for me to kind of meet Black women where they are. So any college campus I was on, I would always like run a group in the multicultural services office or wherever, where Black girls kind of felt more comfortable gathering. Like they may not want to come to the counseling center, but that doesn't mean that they don't need the services, right? And so it has always been really important for me to kind of create spaces that felt accessible for Black women to kind of get the kinds of help that they, that of course they need because everybody needs it. So when it kind of came time for me to kind of, you know, graduate and kind of do my own thing. It has just continued to be the entirety of my work at this point and has been really, I think it has made a, made a real impact because I think people have been looking for this kind of thing and maybe didn't even have words for it or didn't realize that they were struggling in these ways. So it really has just been like the best thing that ever really could have happened. Yeah. And I love the conversations on your podcast and I love that it tackle so many different areas where, again, you don't even realize that you may need support in that area. You know, Uh it's not until you hear someone else or you hear discussion between you and another therapist kind of talking about a topic where you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. that that speaks to me. Or I hear things all the time and I'll like, you know, refer my girlfriend to different episodes, different Uh girl, listen to this, listen to this. So I can appreciate that. And I can appreciate how selfless you've been about exposing so many other therapists. 
Like, I think that the directory that you have, and I mean, clearly, you know, you can't save the world, right? Right. Nor do one woman, (laughs) nor do you want to, right? Like you're one woman and you you clearly can't help everyone, but I can really appreciate as another just woman business owner that you have opened up your platform to really shine a light on all of these different therapists who have different specialties who can support people. And so I would just say to my audience, if you know you need support or if you think you may need support in any area, please go and check out the directory at therapyforblackgirls.com because that alone is phenomenal. That is a phenomenal resource and I appreciate you for putting it out there. Thank you. Um, Okay, so before I let you go, what we do here is at the end, we ask Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions. So I'm going to ask you four things, and I want you to just tell us the first thing that comes to mind, okay? Okay. How do you define success? Ooh, how do I define success? I think being able to make my own rules and live life the way that I want it. Yes, ma'am. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Health family, and vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You are the first person to include vacation. I love it. Okay. What's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I think probably the first one that comes to mind is Profit First because that's the one I'm like, I've most recently read and like have been implementing into my business and like completely changed my mind about like how to run a business and how you do all of this stuff with money. So yeah, that's probably what I would say. Profit First. Okay, Uh we'll link to that. Yes. And fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Dr. Joy. And for me, the truth about wealth is that it is individual for each person. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, Dr. Joy. Thank you. All right. Did you enjoy that conversation? I know it was jam-packed. It may be one of those ones you need to go back and listen to. A lot of revelations here. My takeaways are just to remember that therapy isn't something that we only do in crisis. And I really believe in the maintenance of it. Now that I have moved back to Atlanta myself, it's time for me to find a new therapist. I am using Dr. Joy's directory over at therapyforblackgirls.com because it's time. It is time for me to find a new therapist. So that was one of the resources that I thought I must use. I also really took away from this episode that trauma doesn't resolve itself, right? So just by talking to girlfriends and possibly just even praying about it, we can pray for the support that we truly need, right? So it is okay to get that trauma resolved in a productive and professional way. And this time around, I will not be scared. If my therapist is not working out, I will not be scared to just let them go. I love that Dr. Joy talked about the fact that, you know, therapists are trained for that. And it's not about disappointing them. It's about getting what we need, right? So, hey, I'm on it. I want you to be on it. We need this. We need to be taking care of our mental health, our mental wellness. It is a part of us getting to that next level of wealth that we desire. We have to get clear 
and free from a lot of the baggage and the trauma that we have just been carrying around from season to season in our lives. And I thought this was a really important conversation. I would love to know what you think. If you are in the Purpose Chaser community, that's over at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Hit me up in Slack. Let's talk about it. Are you in therapy? Are you considering therapy? Do you still have questions about it? I want you to get the support that you need. You can also find me in social media at Seek Wisdom PCW. Um, and yeah, let's let's keep this conversation going because I truly, truly, truly believe in the power of therapy. You're going to hear more about what therapy can just do. So in the next few weeks, we'll be publishing our episodes from our first live Redefining Wealth podcast taping woo, that we did in Atlanta a couple weeks back. Uh, you'll get to hear more. I really want you to hear Brandy Harvey's episode about breakthroughs sold separately. You'll hear from Marshawn Evans on Living Bigger. So stay tuned. We have those episodes coming up and you're going to hear more and more about how therapy has really been impactful in so many of the lives of the people that you might look up to or admire. So I think it's something for you to consider. Until next time, though. My wish for you is what it is always, that you live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.